3: Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live here from the heart of Silicon Beach in Santa Monica, California with the Internet Law Center. And um, we have a very special show for you today. Um, I think what moved me to um, go down this path um, was some of the response to the Trayvon Martin um, verdict. And uh, I saw a, a picture of a woman in demonstrating in Houston held, holding a poster that said, um, Racist and Proud. And um, you know, something was that. It's just um, reprehensible to me, reprehensible to everything this nation stands for, repre- reprehensible to everything the judeo Christian um, faith stands for. And um, it's against our heritage, um, although very much part of our history. And so, uh, I thought I'd do an exploration on um, the role of the internet in promulgating hate and in the, and, um, giving these people a form that maybe they shouldn't have or giving them tools to operate in ways that they wouldn't, didn't have beforehand. And I have the very good fortune of having, uh, one of the most renowned, uh, experts on this area in, um, We have uh, Rabbi Abraham Cooper from the Simon Wiesenthal Center, and um, um, Rabbi, are you with us?
4: Yes, Benny. Thank you for having me on.
3: I want to thank you for joining us, and this is an important topic. And um, and you know, um, it's 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 hard to convey, um, you know, how does one address something like this? But let's start with the basics. Um, Dr. Cooper, can you tell us a, a little bit about the Simon Wiesenthal Center?
4: Well, um, I came to Los Angeles 36 years ago uh, this month to help found the Simon Wiesenthal Center together with Rabbi Marvin Heyer. We're an international Jewish human rights uh, NGO. Uh, We have status at the uh, United Nations, uh, UNESCO, many we are teaching, if you will, an uh, unusual kind of teaching institution, meaning museums, uh, documentary films. We have two Academy Awards, uh, and we're named, uh, we were named initially in honor and now in memory of the great Nazi hunter, Simon Wiesenthal. Mr. Wiesenthal was a victim of the Nazis because uh, he was born Jewish, not because of anything he or six million other uh, innocent uh, people had done in Europe, uh, was uh, liberated by the United States military in Mauthausen in May 1945. He weighed uh, under 90 pounds. He and his wife lost 89 members of their family. they had been trained as an architect, decided to, to give uh, uh, value and meaning to his life after the war by what he thought would be three or four years of helping the U.S. go after uh, the perpetrators of uh, genocide. And that turned into his uh, lifelong uh, activity of uh, going after the perpetrators of mass murder uh, at a time during the years and decades of the Cold War when, frankly, nobody was in, no government was interested in it, and yet managed to bring 1,100 of those criminals before the bar of justice. And when we asked him back in 1977 for his good name, he really had only one question. He said, Look, of course you're going to help me go after the old Nazis, but I'm an activist and I want to know whether or not you'll also be an institution. That will be uh, on the look at uh, to combat uh, contemporary hatred and to look for the early signs uh, that um, we missed in the 1920s and 30s with uh, with Adolf Hitler. So um, I head up the social action uh, activity of our uh, our center. Obviously, we've entered the final phase of the Nazi war criminal issue with the, right. uh, the last of the perpetrators, witnesses, and victims inexorably leaving uh, history stage. But um, the issue of uh, today's bigots and racists is really what's been my job over the last uh, three decades. And uh, basically, uh, we discovered uh, going back about, uh, well, close to 20 years ago, we were doing some undercover work uh, in Germany in the neo-Nazi movement there. And uh, some of the activity here of uh, KKK types was that even before the Internet, many of the leaders, racists, Nazis, etc., people totally on the margins, uh, you know, they were called the lunatic fringe, but they had rather sophisticated approach to technology, including, you know, using computers and, and trying to get organized. And so when the Internet uh, came, came uh, to be, uh, we just followed you know the rats, and they went online. Uh, the hate groups here in the u s uh, initially uh, the extremists, bigots, uh, white supremacists like David Duke and others flocked to the internet uh, because understanding its incredible marketing potential early, understanding also that because the First Amendment rights, uh, they probably would have a much better chance of getting access. Uh, to the public and also in targeting specific audiences, uh, that was uh, led us to start 15 years ago a project called Digital Hate. And later on, on September 12, 2001, we changed it to Digital Terrorism and Hate.
3: So- now, um, I, I just want to point out that um, I think some 72 years ago today, um, an entire town in... Um, Lithuania, Grost, Lithuania, was um, all the entire Jewish population of town was exterminated today. I'm um, just noticing that, and um, but in 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 dealing with hate groups today, coming from you know also prosecuting Nazis, um, do people have a perception that well the Nazis were so bad that 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 was just they're, they're this unique class, and, and nothing can ever be that bad. Just, do they get so, um, not for lack of a better word, glamorized as being so evil that it's hard to imagine something else approaching them?
4: Well, uh, that is one of the uh, challenges. I think the biggest challenge of all is right now the distance of uh, time. Uh, America's greatest generation is also leaving the stage. Yes, so Vietnam is uh, war is considered ancient history, and World War Two, you know, for many young people, uh, really is uh, irrelevant. So there, there is an erosion uh, uh, in terms of understanding the depths and the scopes of the racism and hate uh, and and murderous genocide of the Nazis, on the one hand, and on the other hand, a fascination. And uh, let's say in Asia right now, we have this bizarre but very troubling trend of the embrace of Nazi symbols, Hitler and all the rest uh, in measure one measure, because Hitler was a strong leader. They didn't know anything about the other stuff he did because they're from Asia and they, their history does not re, did not really get directly impacted by Nazi Germany. The aesthetics of the Nazi symbols are used in sports bars, uh, uh, in advertising campaigns. Uh, it, it, it is, a problem even there. So uh, the first, uh, the most important, you know, disinfectant for hate is the truth, is historic truth. And the challenge is how do we educate younger generations about what really happened to real people? Uh, The good news is, you know, there's some wonderful things going on online all over the world. The bad news is that extremists of all uh, ilk, both the people we would call, you know, bigots and racists, and also those seeking to uh, promote, fundraise, and train for terrorism, they also understand the uh, historic um, potential of the Internet, especially now with social networking. So the front lines, the, uh, the battle, really, for the hearts and minds of uh, young people here in the States and, and all over the world... Is being fought out um, uh, within uh, the internet technologies, and uh, I wouldn't say so far that the good guys have uh, won the day. Neither in the marketplace of ideas, and uh, neither in uh, degrading the uh, the uh, use by terrorists of internet uh, technologies.
3: Now it, it's interesting you talk about um, rewriting history or denial, and um, you know I mentioned briefly offline that I'd, I actually had an encounter with a, a white supremacist group, and they objected to something I had written about the, the history of the um, Confederate battle flag. And, um, and so I was getting inundated with emails that all contained um, almost virtually identical excerpts of speeches by uh, Lincoln, and that all were um, virtually identical in leaving out Key passages to render, give them complete opposite meanings, and um, you know, just the whole effort to of them to rewrite the history of the Civil War, and then you know, just recently here in now in in Southern California we've had the instance of the city of Glendale um, putting up a monument to the um Korean comfort women who were constricted into service by the Japanese army and you know forced into you know basically um being um prostitutes for the army and um the getting uh, the city being attacked by the right wing in Japan who still to this day refuse to, to uh, acknowledge what has happened. And then you know, the same city is also very active with an Armenian community and the, dealing with a, a Turkish government that refuses to, to deal with what is going on. And so the battle of history is very much present, it seems.
4: Right. I think maybe the most uh, relevant um, example uh, would be uh, mlking.org. You have a website that's been up there for over a decade. Uh, and we know that every year around January, virtually every middle school, junior, and senior high school student's got to do a project about Martin Luther King Jr. Right? MLKing.org purports to be a resource for people to look at uh, when they're doing their research. Of course, it's put up by the white supremacists. So there is no online librarian. There is no quality control. You do have in the United States, obviously, uh, when we're talking about hate groups, anyway. Terrorism, I think, is different. You know, the the bottom line of freedom of speech. And so the challenge, and you're an attorney, so you deal with these issues. The, our approach from the Wiesenthal Center, globally, at looking at these issues, is we deal with it based on the democracy in which the material is uh, is uh, uh, posted. Right. So, for example, in Canada... Our neighbor to the north—they have very strong anti-hate laws, and they can also tell—they tell the tell, uh, providers if there's material uh, that you allow to be provided on your service that's used uh, to uh, uh, to inspire or to guide someone into a violent. Uh, uh, act of hate, you can be held uh, culpable as well. So Canada, Canadians do actually a pretty good job of scrubbing uh, the, the uh, hate, hate stuff. In fact, most of it gets imported here. Our, our approach on the issue of hate is to go to the providers and to point out uh, something you're very familiar with because you're an attorney, but most of us consumers never look at. That when you hit that gray button that says, I agree, yes, and none of us, except for well-paid lawyers like uh, Bennett, uh, <laughs> we never read it. But if you do read the boilerplate language of the contract, uh, that in fact does include that if you misuse the service, yes have the right to throw you the hell off. So that has been... Our uh, uh, approach and the way we've encouraged people in the United States is to not just say, isn't that terrible, but to be proactive and to uh, get the bums thrown off, if you will, even if it means they'll find another way to to get back on. And um, that extends also to social networking. We have very uh, good relationships with uh, Facebook and we're in contact with most other uh, companies, which is. Uh, our basic approach is to the companies: set your own rules, be transparent about those rules, make sure that individuals, your comp- or groups that want an answer, don't have to deal with the Wizard of Oz. Uh, if you you know the Wizard of Oz uh, uh, syndrome is when you send an email and you get a uh... automatic email response that basically says thanks a lot if we feel like responding to you we will send you another email you have to actually put people on on the case in order to be a good online citizens and that's our approach in the states because the first amendment elsewhere it's much more direct action because a lot of that kind of material is actionable in places like france and germany and australia Uh, UK uh, etc so it is very very complex and we uh, the Wiesenthal Center and I've written about this extensively I think you know that
3: yes uh,
4: we we believe that we need to create a new consortium sort of new strategies of bringing uh, everyone to the table and rather than talk about uh, international statutes from the UN which is usually going to create only make people like Cuba and uh, and China happy uh, is to get some voluntary cooperation going on dealing with open source material in order to degrade the bad guys. Right now, we're not doing a very good job individually or collectively in dealing with these multiple challenges.
3: Now, are there any actors that, you know in terms of? Your- the uh, providers that you deal with you know, domestically that have been you know, very um, cooperative or, or yes. at least shown great foresight in this area? Uh,
4: I would say that the uh, the company uh, that has um, uh, shown uh, the most leadership directly on the questions that we've raised has been Facebook. In fact, a uh, guy, I don't know if he's related to you, but Chris Kelly uh, – <laughs> was the founding uh, uh, person who wrote their terms of use. Uh, And when, um, you know, it was basically the company was pretty much just starting. And we met, I brought to him about five dozen um, examples, including homophobic, anti-Semitic stuff. And he was surprised because he thought they had a handle on it. And it was already bigger than they had imagined. But the most important thing was, that the terms of usage for Facebook, their own business model, anticipated people trying to leverage the technology and the service to do illegal or uh, you know racist or, or hateful things. So we already had a basis for a conversation. Today, as you know, Facebook, I think, has over a billion separate users yes. worldwide. But to their credit, they have now in place, and we usually visit them at least once a year, uh, two teams, one in, uh, up in the Silicon Valley and one in Ireland. And what they do all day is look at these materials, I think in about 17 languages, and uh, scrub and delete the stuff that doesn't belong there. Uh, in addition to that, it means that when the Simon Wiesenthal Center researchers or someone else comes to them, you can actually submit a question or uh, a page and get an answer, a coherent answer from a human being. Now, which means we don't agree about everything. We think that they are way too much uh, Facebook pages that attack uh, all the religion. Sure. And uh, so, but nonetheless, with great respect for them institutionally. Where they've shown some real leadership. Google has done some very interesting things um, uh, in approaching uh, these issues. I think that also I see them as more part of the uh, the solution, ultimately part of the solution and the problem. On the other hand, YouTube has been very sloppy uh, and there's been way too much material on YouTube. That uh, can uh, and has instructed people about how to uh, deploy in a terroristic fashion using uh, materials available at home. So there's no excuse for that kind of material being on. And to date, uh, the we've given uh, Twitter an F. Wow. Uh, Um. They they have been uh, generally unresponsive. They just finally had to give over some material to the Jewish community that's under siege in France. Uh, when they, uh, because they were being sued in court. Uh, they refused to even uh, uh, meet with us. But actually, they don't have to meet with the Wiesenthal Center. All they have to do is just go across the street and sit down with the Facebook folks and come up with their own rules. Because the problem with Twitter is they are uh, being used by terrorist organizations. Uh, you're just a click away on Twitter from getting to uh, a massive unfortunately, all too accurate terrorism library, uh, as well as racist hashtags and all the rest. Uh, I'm hoping that what we're dealing with is a company that never expected to be as successful as it is, uh, and uh, maybe will eventually and soon wake up to its responsibility to be a good neighbor. In, in case you've noticed, I haven't spoken very much about governments. Right. Uh, I. Look, I'm an American citizen. When it comes to speech, I like to maximize speech. So, in the areas of hate, uh, we don't we would prefer not to have to look at laws that are probably not going to stand up anyway in any American court of law. Right. So, we don't need uh, grandstanding or posturing. We really need a you know a a sort of online community commitment uh, to figure out a way to deal, isolate, marginalize. We're never going to. Uh, get rid of all the hatred we haven't been able to get rid of the hatred in the real world so you're not able to eliminate exactly. it online however oh. uh you know when it comes to the issue of terrorism we have a completely different approach
3: now um okay. just just for the record um Chris Kelly is um, is a friend and but not a relative, um, although strangely enough, we have brothers of the of the same name, and um, and at one point um, while Chris was uh, with Facebook, there was also a director of security named Max Kelly. So, Good. Um,
4: <laughs> well, I hope you send them your bills.
3: And um, you know, it, it definitely clients were perplexed by it. But in any event, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back, we'll have more on this
2: important important topic with um, Rabbi Cooper. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners, just like you, find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for.
5: I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-com slash radio.
6: Are your online campaigns getting more clicks? Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs.
5: Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
6: Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, Grab your mouse and get ready to get back to the basics.
0: SEO 101.
5: On demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel, only on webmasterradio.fm.
2: The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: And we're back. Um, We're continuing our discussion on um, digital hate um, with uh, Rabbi Cooper, with this, um, the Wiesenthal Center of Digital Terrorism and Hate Project that he leads. And um, and he recently, in May, got to, was in, on Capitol Hill presenting um, the, um, the center's 2013 report on digital hate. And um, tell us about that. Uh,
4: right. Well, we put out an annual uh, report. Uh, we're still using what's now called old technology, putting it out on CD-ROM. In the early years, we were often the, the, the only source, really, of information and training in this area to a lot of local law enforcement. Of course, the world's changed dramatically. Everyone is online now. But what we do is... Um, we're currently tracking about 20,000 problematic uh, hate sites, uh, Facebook pages, YouTubes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we don't claim that that's uh, anywhere near the real number, but it is a snapshot uh, that includes trends and what's going on, the, uh, the growth, the spike uh, from 15,000 from last year primarily uh, is the explosion on uh, on Twitter. Now, uh, we were scheduled to do a briefing on Capitol Hill even before the Boston Marathon uh, uh, take, um, uh, you know, took place. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that in our report that was released uh, well before that attack, we actually had uh, the uh, locations from which the two terrorists in Boston had downloaded the information about how to make the pressure cooker bomb, et cetera, et cetera, and what I said on Capitol Hill was that unless there is a, a, a change, something changes in terms of uh, online, uh, what's going on on the internet, there will be increasing numbers of uh, Boston Marathon type of attacks, Whether of or individuals who are linked to extremists uh, and terrorists overseas. Uh, right now. We have a situation in which uh, the bad guys, the very, very bad guys, who not only want to insult us, but want to kill us, uh, are successfully leveraging uh, the cutting-edge technologies of the Internet uh, to, uh, to threaten all of us. And uh, it should be serving as a, as a wake-up call. I hope it will be. And part of what I do in, in my work is not only be in Capitol Hill, I've also had uh, numerous meetings in Berlin. Uh, with the uh, uh, various uh, agencies, including the folks in the Ministry of Interior. I've met with the uh, Minister of Interior in in France, Uh, the top uh, folks who bring everyday Internet um, reports to the Prime Minister of the Netherlands. I've spoken with CSIS, Homeland Security. Uh, The people on the front line in law enforcement and intelligence pretty much, I think have the same sort of uh, approach. Uh, they're all tasked with trying to find the virtual needle in the haystack of who, God forbid the next lone wolf attacker would be. But there's no real uh, interest in becoming a Big brother and stealing all of our remaining, whatever's left of our uh, privacy and right. our rights. And that means, as far as where I sit, that leads up, leaves us with only one other option we've got to get the collective genius of silicon valleys uh... the people who are uh... paid in democracies to keep us safe first uh, uh... freedom of speech uh... advocates and ngos like the wiesenthal center we have to sit down and talk because we have found in our uh... interaction with facebook is that once you can get the attention of the young people who are giving us every day this incredible, just a fantastic new uh, technological capabilities, once you put this issue on their radar screen, they can actually help do a lot more to uh, degrade and debase uh, the efforts of uh, of terrorists. And, uh, you know, uh, we grew up at a time when they said all politics is local. Right. Well, with the internet every local incident is global and uh... you know the the bad guys the terrorist organizations uh... already you know you can argue they have they don't have to worry about the street in afghanistan or pakistan or iraq or yemen uh... but they're interested in in creating um, uh... adherence financial help and, and operatives all over the world i know that for facebook one of the um, uh, important moments for them institutionally is when we brought to them a Facebook page from Indonesia, a smiling young man uh, who's now will be in jail for the rest of his life. He raised the money and gave to the terrorists who uh, did the deadly uh, second attack on the Marriott Hotel in Jakarta. Wow. He raised the money on Facebook wow. for, that, for that attack. Now, obviously, he didn't say it's going to be for the hotel, no. but the fact of the matter is uh, it, it, when they saw that and their first reaction was, well, we're not in business for that to service, you know, these, the, these killers. Um, wh- if we can get the collective attention of uh, the geniuses that are way, way ahead of the governments anyway in all these technologies, light years ahead then I think we have a chance of working together to degrade and, uh, and, and debase what right now is still a very, very successful uh, deployment, uh, certainly by the terrorists and by many of the extremists, including, you know, the person that you saw who was demonstrating. There, there's also a, an effort across Europe on the part of extreme far-right groups to dress themselves up in legitimate garb. Uh, They're interested in being in the mainstream and grabbing mainstream power in the Ukraine, in Hungary, in France, in Greece, in Spain, in the UK. And the Internet is the perfect place for them sort of uh, clean up their appearance, if not what they believe in, come up with a vocabulary that sounds reasonable, for mainstream uh, debate and discussion, and uh, it is an extraordinarily uh, difficult uh, challenge because they get to uh, dictate how they're viewed in the marketplace of ideas, and um, that's going to be a huge, a growing challenge as young people who more and more rely on uh, the internet for their news and their perspective, they don't even watch uh, this, you know, CBS uh, evening news or, or or CNN or MSNBC yeah. or Fox. They're they're gone. They're long gone. So they're online, and as you know, especially in the socially uh, in, in the social networking uh, mm-hmm. world, you you're able to create. Uh, and to validate your own lifestyle and your own worldview. You're only going to hear dissenting views if you choose to let it in. Unfortunately, that kind of terrain is tailor-made for extremists. So, For example, you mentioned the tragedy of Trayvon Martin's death and Zimmerman. Uh, I'm not going to give any details, but they're online games. Right. I've uh, already I've posted, uh, you know, about sort of, you know, go out and, you know, shoot someone down. You can figure out the rest. So when you talk about the marketing, it's not just, you know, hate speech, it's terrorism libraries, it's games in which you win if you uh, shoot down the wetbacks coming across the Rio Grande. Uh, or or uh, they are anti gay games, there are games to. Uh, uh, targeting Turks in Germany, Holocaust denial, uh, stuff from Hezbollah looking to try to get young people in the Arab and Muslim world to uh, to embrace their worldview. It, whatever uh, the Internet technologies uh, introduce and make available to the public, they are already there. So the challenge, it's a, always a game of catch-up, and it's a deadly game right now for... Uh, you know, for law enforcement. And for those of us who are dealing with open source material, it is to figure out how do we catch up in the marketplace of ideas to reach young people so they're not infected by this this kind of uh, of uh, advertising and targeting.
3: You know, it's interesting that you brought up Indonesia and in the example of the, the, the gentleman who raised money through um, Facebook for the Jakarta bombing. Um, uh, Akamai just released their um, t- their first quarter of 2013 State of the Internet report um, just this week. And um, in the fourth quarter of 2012, Indonesia accounted for 0.5% of all Internet attack traffic, um, less than 1%. In the first quarter of 2013... Um, they become a superpower. They now account for twenty-one percent of all attack traffic, and um, you know it's, it's, it's. There have been talks about you know growing cybercrime outfits in Indonesia, but yeah, you got to wonder what is fueling all this, and um, and to what extent can this be tied to any uh, extremism?
4: Well, the the answer is um, I've been to Indonesia on a number of occasions. I actually um, uh, helped run. Uh, in Bali, uh, a, a multi-faith uh, conference against terrorism, You know, basically right nearby 200 people, where 200 people, tourists were murdered. Uh-huh. Um, it is the most um, populous Muslim country in the world. It has, it has a tradition of moderation, but it's targeted by the Iranians and other extremists. And as you know, it doesn't take many people to uh, change uh, history. Look, access to the Internet, uh, you know, uh, unleashes uh, freedom to do a lot of things. Hopefully most people, and they do, choose to do positive things with it. But it also opens up, uh, you know, a world, uh, you know, to criminals and terrorists. Look what the North Koreans are doing uh, in, in terms of, you know, cyber wars, cyber crime. Uh, our area, obviously, of concern is really in the marketplace of ideas and in the right. promotion directly of terrorism. But what, what you rarely brought, brought up right now is also just the tip of the iceberg of how much the Internet is changing, uh, is sort of upending all of our assumptions. So, for example, I saw one report last year that said in Pakistan, the number one um, uh, form of communication today in Pakistan is Facebook. Wow! So, does anybody have any clue what's being said or how it's being used over there? I don't think so. Uh, should they be? Yes, uh, probably. It be, yeah. So it, it is. It is a game changer. It's really massive, and, and we again there are technological tools that exist and that can be fine tuned in order to. Um, you know, help us uh, track stuff. But I think, first and foremost, we need awareness within the Internet community itself and especially among young people. So, for example, um, about now a little over a year ago, we created a special app, password-sensitive app, for um, law enforcement so they can get real-time access to our research. And that was very favorably, um, you know, responded to. Uh, and now we're working on uh, ways in which so we can communicate directly with young people. Uh, in other words, my experience has been over the last 15 years that if I'm talking to a mixed group of adults and, and teenagers about these issues, inevitably the adults are completely shocked. They just can't, they haven't seen any of this. They're, they're in, uh, they suddenly wake up and say, oh my God, I can't use the internet as a babysitter for my kids. But when you look at the kids, within about five minutes, they're bored because they have seen everything. Right. And so we have to also now figure out a way of how do we educate and empower young people to be part of the solution because they're the ones who are, uh, you know, who are targeted.
3: Um, Now, is that where digital hate dot net comes in?
4: Uh, we we have um, uh, an email which is uh, ireport at Wiesenthal.com, in which if you see something out there uh, online that crosses the line into hate or into terrorism, we encourage people to send us uh, that um, uh, you know that uh, that information so we can uh, work on it. Ah, uh, the other way is just to be in touch with us at uh, information at Wiesenthal.net or Wiesenthal.com. Now, I
3: notice that you sometimes you give advice to you know parents and um and, uh, what what they can do to help combat um hate. i mean, in, in terms of when we're if we're traveling through the internet today, what are some things that we should keep in mind as for what we can do to stop hate?
4: Well, I, I would say, uh, For parents, the most important thing they can do is the most difficult thing to do. Sit down and talk to your kids, uh, which means, first of all, have them uh, shut off their computer, their iPad, their iPhone, and so should the parents, and have (laughs) a basic discussion, which of course none of us, not the kids, not the parents are comfortable with, to actually talk about the general issue, about values, and then to basically say okay, I'm going to ask you to turn the computer back on. I want you to show me the stuff. I'm not taking your car or car keys away, and I'm not going to ground you, but I need you to show me what it is that you're seeing. And I, I think that's the most important thing that adults can do is, first of all, talk to the kids, and secondly, trust them enough to show them the material. the uh, The other guidelines are... Remember, there's no online librarian. You cannot leave the final editorial and moral decisions to a 10, 11, or 12, or 15-year-old kid. Right. They just don't have the wherewithal to, to do it. So that's an extraordinarily important uh, thing to do. And I think the other aspect is to uh, pick a day in which parents and children shut the damn computer off. And make sure that they have uh, they meet real people and maybe do something within the community that's going to bring take them out of their comfort zone and out of the stereotypes that are reinforced reinforced every day whether it's you know helping uh, uh, with uh, feeding the homeless or doing some ecology uh, something uh, that shows a commitment from the family uh, that is a little bit outside their comfort zone and something that isn't immediate, uh, just isn't designed to give them immediate gratification. In other words, values, do yes. not leave the internet to teach the values and you can't give up those responsibilities. Uh, if you leave the vacuum, I do not we're not even talking about pedophilia and other horrible things that go on in the internet. Right. But if you leave the, the value the value vacuum to your kids, uh, the kids are not any better or worse than they were when we were teenagers, but the smorgasbord that's out there on good and evil is completely mind-boggling. And uh, we can't leave the kids just to be on their own. And the idea of you know, censorship and all the rest of that, uh, even if you install a filter, do it in discussions with your kids. Otherwise, they're going to disarm it within 15 minutes anyway.
3: Now, Rabbi Cooper, if people want to find out more about your work, where should they look?
4: Uh, they can go to Wiesenthal.com, that's W-I-E-S-E-N-T-H-A-L.com, uh, and, or they can just send us an email at info at Wiesenthal.com, uh, and the name of the project is Digital Terrorism and Hate.
3: And this last comment, what would you like to see the, um, the cyber community, you know, us you know, internet professionals do that we're not doing now?
4: Uh, I'd like for you all guys to uh, start convening some roundtable discussions. Let's bring, uh, you know, all the players uh, to sit and have a conversation. And I want to emphasize the following. I'm not talking about spy versus spy stuff. That's a whole different discussion and debate. I'm only talking about open source material that today threatens us. And I can tell you one thing, the Santa Monica police and Homeland Security, are not going to do as good a job as they can, as they could, unless they have, they're have. they working together with the activists and the companies from the Internet.
3: Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your insight and your dedication to this important issue. And uh, I know you have an, an important call to get on. So I want to thank you for joining us again um, That was uh, Rabbi um, Abraham Cooper with the Simon Wiesel Center, and we thank you very much. We'll be back after these messages.
2: Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors.
5: Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate display media or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing.
2: Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is
5: authoritylabs.com. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and -and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com.
0: Webmasterradio.fm presents purse strings, purse strings. Marketing to women expert, Maria Retan will untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. Purse Strings with
6: Maria Retan On demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on
0: webmasterradio.fm.
2: The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back, and um,
3: we're wrapping up here at Cyber Law and Business Report. And I think what the rabbi said is very important. Um, this is a very big area, and um, the amount of hate on the internet is astounding. Um and what's interesting, actually, in terms of, you talked about, uh, European politicians, um, trying, um, the, you know, extremists trying to legitimize themselves. We had, um, that issue here in our, our recent election where, um, Ron Paul's campaign had, um, extensive ties to, um, white supremacist groups and actually was, was using it to distribute information and even for fundraising. And, um, there's certainly questions to what extent Ron Paul may be connected, but, um, I, I think hate is something that we need to address. It needs to be confronted, and um, it the response to hate is more hate, and that's for sure. Um, the response to hate is reason. The response to hate is um, understanding. The response to hate is education. Um, and so this whole post-verdict America that we've seen is, is somewhat distressing, Um you know, I have I've, I've made no public statements really about the trial um, for several reasons. One, I did not watch it. You um, know, basically, the people who should be talking about trials um, is um, are the people who participated, and I was not a participant. Um, trials are held in courtrooms and um, for and trained professionals. I'm the son of a criminal lawyer, and I know that. Um, is difficult to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. And so there are a lot of ways that, um, this, that outcome could have happened. And, um, but I think well, a lot of, a lot of people are talking about isn't necessarily about the trial. They're really talking about their feelings about various issues and race being one of them. And, um, so. Um, I, I actually appreciated the president's remarks. He wasn't remarking about the trial, but he was talking about being a black American today and and just what that must feel like um, and what that means and how they the prism they're viewing things from. And, you know, let's get that out there. Let's talk about things. And I think that's what the rabbi was saying. We need to talk and um, let's bring people together. Um, Benny, can I come in and interject real quick? Please, go ahead. Okay, because
5: the only thing is, you know, and I, I don't want to go ahead and criticize what the president said on, on Friday. The only thing I would say is just that it's kind of odd that the, that kind of discussion was brought up after all the uh, election speeches, the all the pre-election speeches about bringing America together, and then hearing a story like that was kind of just off the end of what I normally would hear from the president. So it... It was kind of odd about why this kind of speech was brought up, and why he brought up this kind of rhetoric on on us during this time. And then of course, you just wrote. I just made a point of what I just wrote in the uh, talking to you privately was that I don't like the fact that the media gets to go ahead and control when we just decide to go ahead and discuss hate speech and racism. I mean, the idea is that. Yeah, sure. It's a convenient water cooler subject. I don't appreciate that regardless of any political bias either one of us or anyone in the audience has. I just don't like the fact that the media gets to control this. They get to control us with a trial like this or other events that come up where they get to basically tell you, OK, this is where the racism comes in. And it just gets brought up and I'm just not happy about
3: that. You know, I, I think um – I was thinking this morning, you know, since we were having a rabbi on the show, and, um, you know, we're a country that was founded on, you know, by people seeking religious liberty.
5: Correct.
3: And so uh, religion is at the core of our founding, but race is at the core of our history. And um, it seems to have defined so much. Um, And I think what the president was saying on Friday was really, um, he wasn't talking about the verdict because it wouldn't be appropriate for him to do so. But what he was saying is that um, the black community was upset and he was just trying to explain to America in a way that maybe this is why. It doesn't necessarily mean that the verdict was wrong. It's just that that's the... You know, everyone coming to this trial, uh, the participants and the non-participants alike, have a history that brought them there, and this is the history that brought them there, and this is how they are viewing it. And so, you know, and because part of I think um, what polarizes the races is um, in people coming with predisposed views and then reacting in a way that doesn't uh, appreciate how the people came to those views, and so. Um, you know, and so what's happened I think in, in the Zerman um, verdict is that you have people um you know, who, who rightly or wrongly you know, aren't happy with the verdict or happy with the verdict and then um you know making judgments on the other side based on, you know, them having a view that's different from theirs. And uh, I think what the president really was trying to do is is trying to invoke a little more understanding, um, just say, you know, People can be upset, and still that doesn't mean the verdict is right. Isn't wrong? Isn't re- excuse me? Doesn't mean the verdict is wrong. You, know, you can you can have a proper verdict. It can be something that's you know the right result in the law, um, but you know, they still have a right to be unhappy because of you know that's just the unfortunate um, circumstance of history. But the one other just thing the is skills- I'll note that you know, does ever I saw him on. um um Sean Hannity's show, and uh, he seems to suggest that people owe him an apology. And, you know, a verdict of not guilty is not a verdict of innocence. And, um, and, you know, not guilty is a very high, um, a guilty verdict is a very high standard. And so what what the Florida jurors determined was that um, there wasn't sufficient evidence under that high standard. Um, You know, he may be innocent. I'm not going to say. I don't know. But, you know, it's a leap To make that conclusion that uh, a not guilty verdict means I'm innocent and everyone has to apologize, so frankly, I'd rather have us move on from this trial. I I think trials are not a good way um, to um, debate things. I think they're very polarizing. They're very, you know, very by their very nature, they're very lurid, and um, and I think. yeah, the meaning that tends to cover them um, or too often or over dramatic, and um, if I said Nancy Grace in that sentence, I, then that was, was not a coincidence. And um, I still think I and, still
5: think that the president's remarks, the timing—it's not anything that he hadn't said in his own memoirs in his own book. But the only thing was just that a week removed from that trial, just like you said, we'd like to move on, but. This didn't help us move on. This actually kind of just created us to go ahead and speak more about it. And if he was going to use that time to go ahead and keep the message going about what the message should have been was we need to go ahead and look past all this, that these preconceived notions about ourselves as as whatever racial color or mixture that we have, we need to go move on and see that we're neutral and that we're all together as a free America. We're all here and, you know – the, the I needs think to be pushed what he on was every,
3: trying to you know, do was, I think he saw uh, a black America that wasn't understanding white America and was speaking at white America, and a white America that wasn't understanding black America and was speaking at, white, at black America, and he was just trying to be a conduit, saying, you know, guys, you, you guys aren't understanding each other. Um, here's... You know, here's where we are, and um, but we only have a minute left. I want to just make a plug for next week. Um, um, talking about, we're going to be covering revenge porn, and we're going to have some victims of revenge porn, and uh, one of the lawyers um, leading a class action lawsuit in Texas to take down one of the biggest revenge porn sites there. And so you know, this is a, a variation of hate on the internet, but it's a very important topic. Um, people's lives are being ruined and um, so there's some state laws pending in California, I mean, legislation pending in California and Florida and um, so they're going to talk about this very important issue, a very personal subject for them, so it'll be another special show next week on this very channel, we'll be talking about revenge porn and um, but again, I want to thank Rabbi Cooper and um, I also want to um, say um, join us next week we'll be right here in the heart of Silicon Beach Um, this is Bennett Kelly at Internet Law Center quarters adjourned we'll see you next week
5: are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward.